Let's get some insights in the news shaping the markets. And for that, we welcome in Kevin Gordon, Senior Investment Research Manager at Charles Schwab. Glad you're with me. Morning. Thank you for being here. You know, I stumbled right at the top. I just wanted to acknowledge and say we'll never forget 9-11. Yeah. Of course, I'm a Wall Street girl. I've had my whole career down here, and so um, I thought it was appropriate oh, to uh, say something first before yeah. we began our show. Thank you for that. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this week, right? CPI tomorrow. Yeah, um, big report. I'm not sure how much, it, to the extent investors are looking for any shift for the September decision for the Fed, I'm not sure how much it adjusts for that, just because you haven't seen any softening in language from Fed officials, um, nor certain uh, new, you know, uh, internet sources and, and publications sort of confirming that we'll get uh, 75 basis points of a rate hike. Um, but I think it's important to start looking for the trends, not just at the headline level, but mm -hmm. if, once you go a step down to the sector level, uh, are we seeing any softening in things like used cars and new, and new cars no longer contributing to a lot, but then also right. stickier components like rent. Uh, so to the extent you're getting a little bit of a softening there, and I don't mean negative month-over-month -month prints for things like rent because it's still on the upward trajectory, um, just a, a slower gain, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but that's going to be important moving forward. Again, though, not going to be anything, I don't think, to bake in for the September meeting in terms of a change. But uh, to the extent it adjusts some of the policy moves maybe later in the year or next year, um, right. that'll be key to focus on. But yeah. still, I think um, from, a, from an inflation perspective, what the Fed is focused on, you know, wage growth in the labor market, still very strong and very tight. Uh, mm -hmm. So they would want to see still a material softening there, and you haven't seen that yet. So I think when we assess the inflation backdrop and the dynamics between the two, that has to be taken into account um, in terms of hawkishness and how much more they think financial conditions have to tighten from here. Yeah, and you know, I guess people started to get excited that maybe the Fed would pause. Um, I'm not sure why, I mean, they thought it would be sooner than later. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even you know, a pause. Why did it, they think that the Fed was going to change its tune? Yeah, well, I, I mean, maybe because we were starting to see rolling over in inflation. But yeah. from our perspective, the, the notion of a pivot, um, to the extent a pivot was going from aggressive rate hikes in, automatically into rate cuts, that's never a good scenario for the, the economy in general because it would just signal that we're in mm -hmm. dire economic straits mm -hmm. or the labor market is uh, you know, deteriorating at a pretty rapid pace. So the notion of that never made sense to us. And a lot of the rally from mid-June to mid-August was, was based on that. Um, so to the extent that's starting to take hold again, if that is taking hold in this current rally, yeah. um, which I would argue there are some hints of that, um, but if that is taking hold, we would fade that because you're not getting any indication from the Fed that they're going to switch right away to cuts and even if they did again wouldn't be a good economic signal for for yeah. risk assets i'm sort of surprised because we're at 4100 right now because we started talking about 3900 and yeah. 3800 and there we go four days in a row boom yeah. um straight to the upside so i think the market keeps surprising people i know we're in a range but at the same time you start to get this you know, and I know we're waiting on more on sentiment mm. and retail sales and it's trying to feel how the consumer's feeling. But, you know, you start to feel excited when you start to see rallies and then you start to feel a little downtrodden when um, the, the sell off. You know, we had three weeks of selling. Yeah. Um, and now a little bit of a bounce pack up. Tell me about some of the other reports that you're watching when you think about sentiment and retail sales and what you may be looking for. Well, retail sales, that, that's key. And it's, it's interesting because that's sort of the report that I think is the hardest to dissect right now. Because if you right. get a really strong print, it would signal to us, yes, everything is great from a consumption perspective. Consumers still sort of helping carry the economy. But the bad part of that is that it would probably keep the Fed a little bit more aggressive and more hawkish. Mm -hmm. um, vice versa, if you had a really weak retail sales report, Maybe it would signal that we're not doing so well on the consumption front, um, but you know, on the on the other hand, it would be good for the Fed because that would signal that right. the consumer is starting to spend less, a little bit less inflationary. 
I would say, regardless of those two scenarios, it sort of skews a little bit negative, only because when you look at retail sales in the context of, and overall consumer spending, in the context of a collapse in the savings rate and a still really strong growth rate in credit card usage um, and debt being racked up, that just mm -hmm. signals that there's a lot more leverage being used on the right. part of the consumer to keep up overall spending, even if they're getting less in unit terms, in overall unit terms. Yeah. And that sort of shrinkflation or you know inflation um, in a picture is that. And so I, I wouldn't really look at a strong retail sales report or a weak re retail sales report um, as sort of two different things. I think we have to view it in the context of consumers still struggling under higher inflation right. um, and weaker real wage growth too. You know, I know you've been watching market breath and mm. what I thought was interesting in our last uh, week or so is, you know, are there bearish signs in market breath? Because as we even though we had an update at the end of the day you still had more this was about a week ago yeah. you still had more down volume than up volume and then you had um, another day where we were going down but there was a little more up volume i just felt like there wasn't that much volume or liquidity people were still on vacation um, and also there's still some caution in the yeah. market. Well, I mean, if you look at breadth among sectors, um, and in all of the rallies that we've had, so mm -hmm. March and May and mid-June into mid-August, at each of those rallies, and sort of at the peaks, what was yeah. leading in market breadth was more often than not the utility sector. It's never really something that you see at the beginning of a new bull market, um, and, and you definitely don't see it in terms of you know, percentage of members within that sector moving above their or above their 50-day moving average or their 200-day right. moving average. So when you have that kind of strength and it's leading other sectors like materials or tech that are considered more cyclical, never really a good sign. I mean, you know, the one thing on sort of the whipsaw nature of the market, um, it's heavily momentum driven. And a lot of that is the fact that growth factors and growth stocks have gotten crushed so much in the first half of the year. So yeah. when we had that reversal and we, when we have these reversals like mid-June into mid-August, it's a total reversal in terms of momentum. So value had gotten crushed, growth had done really well. Now you're starting to see that to the opposite um, from mid-August into the sell-off that we've had, you know, notwithstanding the past couple of days right. of strength. So that's one thing to keep in mind is that if you're trading oriented, um, you know, it is a momentum play. But if you're not, which is good you know, if you're trying to, if you can, you know, navigate absolutely. it a little bit. Yeah. Let me jump in here and um, turn your attention to international markets. I mean, we still have concerns in China. You have lockdowns. You have, um, you know, what's going on with the chips and limitations yeah. there, and. Ukraine and Russia and, and I think that the central banks, the coordination between the central banks, mm. you know, you have the ECB doing the most ever in yeah. rate hikes yeah. and, and a couple of the other banks made some moves to the upside. Um, you know, how are, how should we be viewing the international picture and digest it here at home? What's yeah. important? Well, I'll leave uh, specifics to Jeff Kleintop, our yes, international course, guru. However, yes, I, uh, you know, I will, I will say, you know, from a central bank perspective, I mean, yeah. I think that it's just very much how we view the U.S. It's just not, it's not as much looking at, you know, the amount of the size of the rate hike or how many. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that we're in a global tightening cycle still. Um, right. So when you have that as a backdrop, it's hard on risk assets, it's hard on valuations, it's hard on longer duration parts of the market. That's why in an international and yeah. a U.S. perspective, we've been focusing a little bit more on short duration, you know, stocks with high free cash flow, mm -hmm. those areas that have still strong earnings, because if you have more uncertainty pushed out into the future, because higher rates or rates are going up and likely staying elevated longer, yeah. um, you know, than we're used to, um, that just presents a little bit of a tougher backdrop for risk. So that it's, we, we view international almost in the same way as U.S. that, you know, when you're looking at central bank policy that way, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you still have significant disinflationary forces coming out of places like China, um, whether it's reduced demand from a demographic perspective sure. or that they still have rolling lockdowns. Um, you know, their situation and how they're dealing yeah. with COVID is still different than how really the rest of the world or at least the West is dealing with it. Um, so I think that has to be taken into account from, a, from an overall inflation and certainly an energy and an oil perspective. Too. Yeah, and that yeah. was my next question and final question as we look at the dollar, which has come off a little bit, um, but still still an elevated oh, yeah. level in oil here at 87.91 the barrel today. Um, there was so much concern about an energy crisis abroad, but at the same time, less demand. So, you know, any final thoughts on the dollar or energy or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, well, the, the hard part about the dollar, if we're going to talk about the impact on U.S. companies and earnings yeah, in particular, point, yeah. um, you know, the, the run up that we've seen, um, and you've, you know, over the past few quarters, really over the past year, um, you know, that not only the strength, but the duration of that strength um, has fed into a lot of weakness for corporate earnings, especially right. for areas like tech or materials that get a lot of uh, revenue from overseas. So that's starting to weigh on them, continuing to yeah. weigh on them. At the same time, oil prices, even though they've come off the boil and we've almost reached pre-invasion sort of uh, invasion of Ukraine levels, mm -hmm. still really high relative to what we've seen in recent history. So that's still getting the energy sector a pretty significant lift for profits and overall cash flow. So it's mm -hmm. the same dynamic where you have cyclical areas and areas tied to overseas weaker in earnings growth and then energy sort of carrying earnings yeah. overall because if you loop earn, or energy into the overall earnings you know aggregate number still positive if you take energy out it's negative um, so it's a pretty big differentiator to the tune of seven to eight percent okay um, which you know if we still have the dynamic of a stronger dollar and relatively strong oil it's probably not going to change glad i picked your brain on that one <laughs> great to see you Thanks, kevin Nicole. gordon thank Good you so you. much yeah. i was glad you're able to join us on mondays to uh, set up our week kevin gordon of charles schwab